Hello, Internet peeps. Welcome to another edition of Big Trouble in Little Podcast. Dubs is out. He's both on vacation and sick, so that's a really good vacation for him. My name is Andy. I'm Zach, and Chaz is also on vacation. As as usual, whenever it's just the two of us, we're here to talk about a uh, Gundam movie, because that's what we like to talk about. But first, we're going to talk quickly, because this is a take two for part of this. Uh, about what we've been watching, playing, doing, reading, etc. Zach, you go first again. Yep, I read Excalibur Volume 1, that big uh, tome I've been working on. It's pretty good. Uh, feel a little weird about the last third of it. Um, watch Stranger Things Season 4, Part 1. Good stuff. Looking forward to Part 2. Spider-Man Animated Series, the 90s one. Uh, it's fun. I'm in the middle of a big multi-part story that I don't I don't remember there being such huge multi-part stories in that. Uh, watching Obi-Wan when it releases. So far, I still think the show's alright. Pretty good. Um, Just alright? Like, do you recommend it? Pretty good. Um, I guess... It's weird because it just feel like so many people react to Star Wars things differently now. Mm-hmm, that's for sure. Like, yeah, it, it's going to depend on who I'm talking to, whether or not I would recommend it. Gotcha. Uh, I played Resident Evil Revelations 2 Raid Mode, uh, Street Fighter Alpha 3, and Metal Gear, the first Metal Gear, in preparation for our project. Good. That's it. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned it or not, but I finished Deep Space Nine. It was fantastic. I, you know, yeah. I'm not going to retread old Grant on that one. Uh, I watched the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood movie, Star of Milos. It was disappointing, ultimately. They changed studios, so it's jarring and different. The, the, the action looks cool. It just doesn't look like Full Metal Alchemist. And the story is just nothing to write home about. Um, I watched a bunch of uh, Norm MacDonald's final comedy special on Netflix is just him standing in front of a web camera which is bizarre but ultimately still pretty interesting and he was just always a funny guy like I mean he could like read a, a friggin manual for a, putting together furniture it'd still be funny he's a funny guy um, I finished uh, Seinfeld as well again I'd seen it before I still can't believe that series ends with him going to jail it's hilarious uh, <laughs> watched Vegas Vacation again it was funny I hadn't seen that movie in a long time, but yeah, it's still pretty funny. Uh, watch Saving Private Ryan again. It's still brilliant. I was blown away by how violent it is at the beginning. Like People talk about, oh, the movie's still violent when it came out. It's also pretty funny. Funny? Yeah. You know, just continuing off what you said, it's a funny movie, too. It's funny. It's also funny. It's hilarious. Um... <laughs> Let's see. Uh, watch Blade Runner again. I've already talked about how much I love Blade Runner on the show, so I'm not going to bother to do it again. Uh, uh, was that all? Oh, True Grit. Yeah, I watched uh, the Coen Brothers 2010 True Grit, and then the very next day I watched the 1969 True Grit. Uh, they're both great for different reasons. Uh, ultimately, I like the Coen Brothers version more. Uh, I like... I like People say Matt Damon's a bad actor, but I, I love him in that movie as Labeef. I mean, obviously, Jeff Bridges steals the show. Jeff Bridges is the best part of that movie. But uh, Matt Damon does a really good job, and he's way better than, I think it was Glenn Campbell in the original. I don't remember. But um, uh, the, the main guy, uh, 
John Wayne, it's hard to be John Wayne. He's great. It's just the only the only reason Jeff Bridges did such a good job is because he didn't try to be John Wayne. He tried to be his own character, which is yeah. ultimately the best decision. Um, and then I played video games. I played a ton of Yakuza like a dragon that game is awesome and fun and i've been streaming it all at twitch.tv slash the cliche mustache and within yakuza you can go to the sega arcade and play space harrier you can play the crane game the sega ufo game that's ultimately bullshit because all the sega crane games only have two arms instead of three (laughs) it's like fuck sega right and uh, Virtual Fighter Five Last Showdown, which I am also obsessed with. Like I like to close my gaming sessions with a good like thirty minutes or more of Virtual Fighter at this point. And apparently, Virtual Fighter Two is in the game somewhere because it lets me access it from the main menu. Like so, you can play versus with a friend on the main menu. You can choose Virtual Fighter Five or Two. I think it's at the arcade in Kamarocho, which I think I, the story makes me think I might be going back there soon. That's where the original Yakuza games take place, and then Like a Dragon takes place in Yokohama, a whole different city. But I, it, it's starting to look like I'm gonna have to go back there at some point and and dig up old old stuff. You should try to hunt it down because it's probably the arcade version of VF2. And- yeah, no, it's it's very different. It it lacks a bunch of features. And from what I understand, it lacks some characters too. I started looking it up, but ultimately I was like, ah, I'm just gonna play it and have fun for now. And uh, Dubs and I played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge, which is as great as everyone has been saying it is. Like all the reviews say, it's great. Just go play it. Like it's it's awesome. It's on. It's available in every freaking console. No matter what you have, go pick it up. It's fun. I love it. It's colorful and a good time. Yeah. Speaking of good times. That means you. Go go buy turtles. Speaking of good times, what about war and how much everyone loves it? Some people love it. <laughs> Some people do, I guess. We're talking about uh, Gundam Thunderbolt, which came out in 2016, right? That's right. That's right. For the English release. The English release of the movie-fied version. Now, in Japan, Thunderbolt originally came out as a series of, like, webisodes. And then there's a manga that predates that. There's a manga, which, watching the movie, this is... uh, Some of... When I watched the movie this time, I realized there were parts I hadn't seen before. Because originally on the Gundam English language website, they put the webisodes up. And I think I missed like the last two or maybe even three. Because uh, basically, I didn't see anything beyond where the um, the Federation ship gets blown up and they all have to abandon ship. Like that, I think that was the last thing that was happening. So I didn't see Io getting captured or any of this. The, the big climactic fight in the, the rundown colony. I didn't see any of this ship. Um, it still feels rushed, though. How long is this movie? It's like an hour and nine minutes or something. I think it's 70 minutes. There is a sequel, which, I don't know, maybe we'll watch it one of these days, but, uh, this is Gundam Thunderbolt December Sky. The sequel yeah. is Gundam Thunderbolt Bandit Flower. And the movie kind of ends with, I don't know if it's supposed to be if it bridges the two stories, or I'm, we're getting way ahead of, I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but it ends with, I don't know if it's bridging the stories or if it's a preview of what happens at Bandit Flower, but it goes to a bell coup, which in the gun, in the Gundam Universal Century is the big apocalyptic climactic fight at the end of the one year war. And, uh, 
then some other stuff happens with the story. But whatever, we're we're gonna we're gonna go all the way back to the beginning here. Um, ultimately, this is kind of about just the two pilots and the people around them. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, it's like the each pilot has a couple of characters that are, you know, their friends or somebody they've known or associates or something. Yeah. Um. Like, uh, Eo has uh, a couple of his friends from his childhood on the colony four more. Yeah, it kind of gets... It's like a surprise because it turns out that he and his commanding officer and that other guy were, like, friends at the academy or high school or something. And it's just bizarre that his commanding officer would have been... It just just seems weird that they do it that way. Well, they said something about that she inherited her position, and it's like... The, that other officer guy, like, clearly fucking hates her guts and thinks mm-hmm. she doesn't deserve that spot. That That's one of many, 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 many things where I was like, I need to read the manga because I need to know more about this story. Like, yeah. ultimately, like, uh, E.O. Fleming is kind of an interesting character, sort of. They do this, they do this interesting thing where the Federation, the good guys in Gundam, uh, their main pilot, E.O. Fleming, is talented and everything but he's also like cocky and like kind of a dick he has the attitude that's like hey you seem pretty cool don't come to school tomorrow he seems like one of those guys yeah and he also when he's in combat he like fucking loves it yeah like he's (laughs) into it which i want to like the character because he's also into free jazz that's one of my favorite things about uh uh, thunderbolt it's one of the most memorable things is the soundtrack the soundtrack's all over the place it's weird um but yeah, ultimately he's uh, kind of a psychopath. <laughs> he loves he loves fighting and stuff. But on the other side, on Zeon, the bad guys in Gundam, uh, Daryl Lorenz, which sounds like a fake name, Lorenz. It's spelled weird, is why it sounds weird. I guess. Um, it's an anime name. He seems like a nice guy, and he's selfless and. Um, a little bit more soft-spoken. Like, he's motivated to get revenge for his fallen comrades, which whenever you, you talk to veterans and stuff, it's always like, oh, I wasn't I wasn't thinking about freedom or my country or oil or capitalism or anything. I was just thinking about the guy in the foxhole next to me. That's what they always say. And he, he's kind of in that mindset, sort of. Yeah. They're all, um, what, the Living Dead division? Yeah, the Living Dead division. They Living all have, dead. like, a bunch of handicaps from battle or yeah, something. Yeah, they all have prosthetics because they've lost limbs in combat. He's He's got two fake legs, so because they don't have like limbs, they can't pilot mobile suits great. That's why they rely on being snipers and ambushing and stuff like that and setting traps and stuff like that. Yep. And um, it also, his, his music is different from... Uh, right. His music it, it, sucks. I, I kind of like it. I it's, it, it's okay. It's, I uh, I hate they use some of his style of music. It's like I, I don't know what it is. Like, is it just pop or is it? No, it's like folk. Like the the best way I could. It's like a mix. It's not like where Eos is just that's just jazz. It's just <sighs> free jazz insanity. Yeah. And uh, Daryl's is like he's listening to like old folk music stuff that sounds like 50s music. Yeah, it kind of sounds um, like big band stuff, sort of, but with like a tiny bit of Japanese 
pop influence in it. it it's hard to pin down. And it kind of mo- it, it moves around the tone of it throughout the show. It the sounds movie. like the best way I could probably try to describe it is it sounds like nostalgic music. Sort of, yeah. Uh, and that goes into Bandit Flower, too. There's more of that stuff. Um, but, yeah. That's <laughs> something, like, these two characters, their differences, and, like, how the, each side's portrayed. That's something, like, fans like to argue about is, like, how, um, at some point, in their opinion, in Gundam, the Universal Century timeline, they start saying, oh, they're doing this crap where they try to make Zeon seem more, like, not as evil, and I hate it. Or something. <laughs> I don't hate it, but they are very guilty of that, and this is one of the perfect examples of that. I mean, uh, I think it just makes it more interesting. It does make it more. It's a fi- ultimately, it's a fictional war. Who cares? Yeah. But and, and they're just trying to humanize it, and they're trying to make interesting characters. Uh, I mean, my favorite HMS team. They do that. It's got uh, what's her face? What is her name? I can't remember. Talking about Ina. Ina, that's it. Like, Ina, Lord. and and to a lesser extent, like her subordinates, and it kind of humanizes them, and it's it makes it ultimately more interesting. But it's still about Shiro and and. I mean, the biggest the biggest thing was uh uh 0080 with Bernie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all his buddies, and nobody bitches about that though. About like, what was Zeon? <laughs> but. I don't know. That that shit always kind of irritates me. It's like, I don't know, so you guys just want, like, the... I don't want to call it dumb, but just the good guy, bad guy kind of story that they sort of made just to sell toys, you could argue. Sort of. I mean, that's what mecha anime was until until Gundam came along. What's the guy's Tomino? What, the, oh, the writer. Um... He'd actually done mecha anime before Gundam that was kind of like that, Giant Gorg, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's just hard because, like, the first thing, the like, the when you watch the first episode of the first Gundam series, uh, just Mobile Suit Gundam, 0079, it's talking about uh, half the human population has been killed by this horrible war, and the very first thing that they show you is... Zeon dropped a colony on Australia and killed like seven million people. It's just—it's yeah. kind of hard to come back from that. It's—that's the first thing that they set up. These are space Nazis, and they drop colonies and kill millions of Australians and lots of other people as well. Of course, like yeah, there's, there's famine because of the debris, and, and it like uh, screws up planet Earth, and yeah, it's 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 pretty extreme. And then they still but. Uh, Have you seen the origin, uh, all the origins? That's what I was going to say. His origin has gone a long way to uh, walking that back, though, because, uh, what's the guy's name, Zabi? His his original thing was, like, you know, freedom for space noids and all this other stuff. You're talking about Zeon. Zeon, yeah. Uh, uh, starts with a D, right? Something Zeon. What's his name? Zeon Zoom Daikun. That's it. You got it. And then he was usurped by... Uh, Zabi and his kids. Zombie, yeah. yeah, that's right. They, like, assassinated his ass. And yeah, and then they are space Nazis, and then they are the ones who are attacking Earth and, and doing all this other stuff. They're, they're basically, they're raging war in that way that is uh, make the enemy not want to wage war anymore, and you'll win. Yeah, it shows the sequence where, like, they get the colony to drop it on them mm. during all that, and it's pretty 
it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But anyway, Thunderbolt. Yeah. Uh, it, that this happens every time we talk about Gundam. You, it's hard to talk about one thing in the Universal Century and not have to talk about everything else, which is one of the reasons it's hard to get into Gundam. It's just daunting. Like you, you really got to start with something that's like a microcosm, like Eighth MS Team or this. This sort of. I mean, you, you kind of got to know about the war at large somewhat, but it's it's not as important either time. Um, the Thunderbolt Sector, where they are fighting, which the name takes takes from from the sector, is a uh, it's side four, and then there's a bunch of destroyed colonies, and now all this debris causes a bunch of static buildup, and there's like thunder thunder striking between all the debris, and it's dramatic and cool looking. Oh my gosh. Um, man, I'm trying to come up with like what the meat of the rest of the story is, but really it's just Fleming, uh, kills some guys and they give him a Gundam and then Lorenz finally gets the psycho Zaku and then they have a big fight and some other stuff happens that is not as consequential except for the fact that they lose both ships. Kind of. I mean, you did leave some stuff out of there. I know. It's just, it's such a shame because there's so many little things I wanted to know more about. Like, uh, Fleming's superior officer, the the woman who I th- has this weird... They draw her weird. It almost looks like she's drawn by a different studio. I don't know why I kept thinking that. I was like, why does she Claudia, look weird? Yeah, she has like a weird hairstyle. Yeah. And shit and- but she's upset that she has to send people to their death and she is hooked on drugs for like four minutes or something like they go from she's using to she needs to kick this really fast like jar the the story doesn't have any room to breathe because she's really upset i don't even know what it is like space heroin like what is she doing yeah i think it's space heroin it just it it comes on those little pre-sealed packs it just it's spice yeah i I mean i guess maybe it's something from maybe it's painkillers from from like the med bay or something because it's in those weird it doesn't matter she's upset because she's always talking about oh you gotta send people to their deaths and i'm upset about it because she's the commanding officer of the ship so she gets hooked on drugs for a while and her executive the xo i think they call me her executive officer is basically running the show for a minute and hates her guts just can't stand her thinks she's incompetent thinks she needs removed he's not really wrong (laughs) i got kind of on his side yeah, a little bit. Um, but that that could have been really an interesting thing, but it just there's no room for it to develop, and it's just uh, EO turns up and he's like, "You need to get shit together," and like hits. I think he slaps her, and then she comes back to the bridge for the big final fight. Good job. Yeah, there's lots of little things like that throughout the movie that if they'd have given more time to given them more time to breathe, I think would have overall made this a more interesting movie. I like Thunderbolt pretty well, but I don't love it. It's it's just short. It it looks beautiful. The soundtrack's cool as hell. The fights are cool as hell. But as a story, it just it lacks a lot. Well, I don't think uh the point of this is to be a deep story though. Yeah, ultimately that's that's what it is. It's like like I was saying in Japan, it was a series of web episodes, which I this think is... abbreviate the manga, 
and sell toys, basically. Yeah. <laughs> sell gun this, this is supposed to be cool. And it is. Like, yeah, as far yeah. as being cool, like, it doesn't get a whole lot cooler than this. It's <laughs> bad as hell. Like, the fights in this are outstanding. Uh, honestly, some, the fights in this are better than a lot of the fights in, like, Unicorn or Narrative or a bunch of other stuff. It just looks really cool because they're in space and there's all this debris and lightning and beam weapons and Gundams yeah. and Psychozakus and all that's crazy. The, the way the action is plotted out is, like, really good. Like, if I had to really try to describe this the best way is, like, th the Thunderbolt stuff, at least in the, the movie format or the web webisodes, whatever you want to call it, either or, hmm. um, they're just action movies. They're just... This is the Gundam anime version of, like, an 80s action movie. That's what it is. I yeah. mean, those movies didn't have much story and shit. It was just like, this is, uh... This is the fucking... Whatever Arnold's name... the Dutch. This is Dutch. He's a military guy. He has friends in the military. They go on missions and kick ass. But this time, they don't. They get their ass kicked by a weird alien. Yeah. I mean... That's true, but if so, then why have all this interesting stuff about PTSD, phantom pain, um, camaraderie, revenge? They like, they like to put fucked up shit like that and have like weird like tonal shifts. Hmm. I mean, it wouldn't be Gundam without someone being like fucked up from PTSD. I guess you forget anime has to be edgy. Yes, at times <laughs> this is this is like edgy as well and. Like, when I was watching it this time, I had, like, this this sudden moment of clarity. I'm like, this is, like, throwback anime shit, is, is what this really is. Mm. This is kind of stuff that would got made in the 90s or something. And if this had been made in the 90s, it would have been shown not on Cartoon Network. This would have been the shit that they showed on MTV at midnight. Next to, like, this. Aeon Flux and stuff. They would have showed this on Midnight Run. They just would have censored some... some uh, cursing that's what I mean like it's 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 edgy grim dark fight time like I, I really think that this this could have this could have been this could have made it everything the whole static and shit it reminds you of stuff that was made back then yeah uh, but yeah uh there, there's like other stuff that happens though it's like uh, Claudia is real upset because this fucking mission she's about to have to do is it involves sending a bunch of fucking children to just be bait Jesus Christ, yeah, I mean, that whole thing, like, they're like, hey, we got reinforcements, and they're all, like, fucking 15 or something. Amuro's 15. <laughs> yeah, but he's, that's a special exception. That's why Amuro's such a big deal. He's the exception. Children make lousy soldiers, except Amuro. He's a new type. Well, it's, it's amazing. He rose to the occasion in a time of crisis, and he used the Gundam to defeat Izaku, and he got in a white base, and they escaped. That's why Amuro's a big deal. But... Now, they're just like, it's toward the end of the war, we're running out of soldiers, and send these children, fuck it. Yeah, they'll, they'll think it's awesome. They'll, they'll take selfies and take pictures and salute the Gundam, and then and they'll, they'll get, get their asses beat. <laughs> two guys, two old guys just wipe, wipe their asses out. Pretty much. <laughs> um, and then, like, yeah, on the Xenon side, it's like, yeah, EO fucking killed a guy and a Rick Dom in the beginning. Which, by the way, how fucking cool is that? That's one of my favorite parts of the whole damn movie, is the guy's like, oh, uh, we got him, oh, I'm such, a, I'm such a badass motherfucker, and then his cockpit opens for no reason, and he's like, what's going on? And Eo shoots Bam! him in the face! 
and steals his Rick doll. I was like, this guy's a bad motherfucker. I like this guy. It's pretty shocking too, because it just shows his 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 fucking body and like you see like the dead anime eyes and shit. And he's just hanging there in the co- the cockpit and throws and, him out. And because he was in a conversation with his wingmates, they see it happen. It's just it's yeah. so cool. The whole the whole thing is a great setup. That's part of why I'm so upset. Like there's not more of a story because that setup. As far as like needing revenge on this guy, that's excellent. Um, but yeah, that that, that motivates Daryl. Be like, I gotta get that guy, that asshole. And uh, from there, it's like they do another mission to try to take him out when EO gets his Gundam, and they can't because it's too fucking fast, mm-hmm. too powerful. And Daryl loses a, a hand in that mission. Right. Like he barely is able to get him to to retreat. Uh, and then they talk about how they, like on the Xeon side, they're doing this research with like all the prosthetics and stuff. And they're making this system where, oh, this, you can hook your artificial limbs into the, the mobile suit and you control it just like it's part of your nervous system or something. Um, the psycho Zaku. I wish someone would go to Japan and explain to the people who make Gundam that psycho doesn't sound as cool in English as they think it does. Yes, it does. And Bison has psycho power. Yeah, but it's like Psycho Gundam, Psycho Zaku. It's it's weird. What would you call it? I I don't know. What's it? Impulse Zaku? I don't know. It sounds lame. I'd have to workshop it. I don't want to pull it out of my ass. What would you call in Bison's power if it's not psycho power? Uh, I don't... uh, Dictator power. Um, anyway, they realize that they can use the psycho gut or psycho Zaku. I'm going to do that again. I know it to its full extent. If they have basically a paraplegic is what they need. Yeah. The, the doctor, I think is talking to like the commanding officer of the ship. He's like, listen, you know, another interesting, there. I'm sorry to interrupt. Another interesting yeah. side story though. The doctor it turns out was in a relationship with the guy that EO shot in the face in the intro. Yep. So she's upset and motivated for revenge, but then she starts a relationship with Daryl and that whole thing is really interesting too. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. Uh, he pitches to the commanding officer. There's like, Hey, this guy's like three quarters of the way there. Like if you just give the order, we can make him pilot the, the psycho Zaku. Mm-hmm. And he's like, shit. Because he's like, he knows that they're fucked if they don't do something drastic. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of backed into a corner and he's like, I guess do it. So they do it. And he agrees to it. They don't just do it without his, I guess, his consent. Well, yeah, he says, oh, I'm happy to do it. I can help my comrades. And he wins a fight and they're all like hanging out. Like, oh, man, you're bad. You're bad, dude. Oh, we're having a good time. And like tosses him a beer and he can't catch it. It bounces off his pen. Because he's, like, he's got it. Uh, he's got it. A freaking pole for an arm right now. And it upsets his comrades. They, they cry. Yeah. That's, it's, it's pretty extreme. I like that stuff. Extreme. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but it, it, that's what all leads to the, the, the duel. The, yeah. the clash between the two pilots. Though. Yeah, he, like, they he, he, these... they, they've got a whole... It reminded me a little bit of Evangelion, because there's a little bit of a Daryl getting the robot thing, because they're, like, cutting off his arm and stuff. Yeah. I don't know, but ultimately, Daryl has the more sympathetic story, but he's the, again, bad guy, so you're torn with what you want to happen. 
more or less. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that you could really say this story has a protagonist. It's just about two guys in a war and their viewpoint, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's still a conflict. They're still yeah. opposing sides, and they can't all be the good guys, really, sort of. Yeah. I, I, I the, the ending, there's, there's a huge fight, duh. There's a huge fight, and it's really cool, and there's a bunch of, like, really exciting moments and whatever. We're not going to describe the whole fight, but... Ultimately, they... I want to describe the fight. It'll be like when I recount all the wrestling matches. There you go. No, but (laughs) ultimately, no one wins absolutely. It ends in a draw, kind of. Like, well, it does, but then what happens is uh, one of Daryl's friends almost gets killed in the early part of the attack, like, you know, with the kids that are the decoy and shit. Mm. Uh, And he, he manages to retreat away from EO, and he gets reinforcements. Well, the reinforcements comes, which is like a bunch of Gelgoogs and a bunch of ships. Yeah, like real of... shit. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you don't watch Gundam, real, real people. Sir. Not, not, uh, not people with fake limbs and not children. No, real soldiers in like some real soldier mobile suits turn up. Yeah, and then it, it's like it's over. Like EO gets surrounded, and he's like, "Shit, he he has to surrender." Basically, there, there's an exciting uh, side story here. Uh, the Federation loses its ship. They have to abandon ship, and they realize we don't have enough air to survive in these escape ships. Yeah. Our only chance is to take over the Xeon ship. So there's a really exciting part where they dock with the the drastically in uh, d- um, set aflame <laughs> Xeon ship, and they go aboard in, like, spacesuits in zero gravity with guns. And uh, it's pretty thrilling. Like, that's one of the coolest parts of the movie, I thought. And then one of the craziest parts of the movie happens there, too. Yeah. Because, like, uh, Eo's friend, I can't remember his name right now, the guy who's, like, the engineer or something, uh, <laughs> they, they go, they're, they're trying to secure the engineering bay or whatever in the ship, and he's, like, he basically just doesn't want to shoot anybody. Of course not. So he comes out, hands up. He sees like there's there's five of them with uh, Carla over there. They're getting ready to blow their own ship up to take take out all the Federation guys that boarded them. And then he's like, "Hey, wait, stop! We don't need to kill each other. Let's just stop all this fighting." And Carla sees somebody in the background doing something. Like he's got like a device or whatever. And she's like, "What are you doing?" She runs over there, and then like a <laughs> this beam just comes up from I know it comes out of the ceiling. Yeah, these guys setting up a camera, which is showing the mobile suit outside where they are. Yeah. So it just holds the beam sword unactivated directly over their position and fucking turns it on and vaporizes all these people. She watches them get vaporized and causes her to have a a mental breakdown pretty much. Mm. And then that's when Free Jazz starts playing like crazy. Yeah, the final song that plays in this movie is killer. It's great. It's excellent. I love it. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts of that that whole movie. Though is like when that happens, then like the the dude, the GM just grabs her and she's just like, ah, like in, <laughs> in his hand, like she's just freaking out. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, at that point, the after that, the fight gets to its conclusion, and then that all that stuff I just recounted before happens. EO, as well as all the other Federation members, are taken captive by the Zeons and taken toward a Boku, which is their great big fortress. Oh my God. Yeah. 
and then there's the the I don't know if it's next time on or if it's the the bridging thing. Have you seen Bane of Flower? I have you. I haven't seen Bane of Flower at all. What? No. <laughs> I really want to. I I want to see what happens, but yeah, I, it it shows. Does it take place during a battle coup or is it after or what? It's after. It's like a year after the war is over. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, watch then I want to see it. And they see, oh my god, they're making more Xeons, which really only means anything to anyone who actually watches a bunch of guns. Xeon <laughs> was a deal. It was gonna be. It was gonna be! Um... Yeah, that's kind of it. Shows like you know Daryl's in a Gelgu during the, the siege, and he's like he's struggling because he doesn't he doesn't have a reused psycho device anymore. He's got these clumsy artificial limbs, and he's almost gets killed. Pretty that's much. right. Yeah, I, I like that part a lot because now that he doesn't have the psycho Zaku, he's just a paraplegic who's doing his best. What's cool is not to spoil too much though, is in Bandit Flower, where it's like a year later, pretty much. Hmm. Uh, it shows he's got better prosthetics, and he actually becomes a pretty good pilot at that point. Gets used to it, I assume. Uh, yeah. As long as we're, I want to buy Bandit Flower so I can see it, but this is a side. Okay. This is a side thing. Why does anime cost so fucking much? This is right? this is like a seventy-minute movie, and it's. Uh, MSRP is $35 on Amazon and right stuff. It used to not be that high. It used to be lower. I if you, I mean, I hope so. But even on sale on Amazon, it's like $26 for 70 minutes. And there's not even that many special features. They should bundle them both together for maybe $30. I think. Some of that, I hate to say it, some of that is probably right stuff. Um... Because anime's never really been cheap or priced well. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's but, kind of my point. Like all of anime has this problem, and it's nonsense. But it's not not all of it. Sometimes you you do find things like uh, I remember the Dragon Ball box sets uh, were priced really well. Actually, yeah. I mean, I guess just like anything else, there's several different companies releasing this stuff, and some of them, you know want that money and some of them don't need it as bad i'm not sure but a lot of the gundam stuff is quite expensive but i think this one's just the most egregious like i think uh shars counterattack on blu-ray is like 30 and it's a full length theatrical movie and it costs less and it has a bunch of special features and again you know you we we have a bunch to say about the quality of that movie but I think you're getting a lot more for your money. I guess if you're depends on how you look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch that movie again one day and it click. I want to see what everyone else sees in it. But we'll save that for we'll save that for when Dubs and Chaz are both on vacation again, I guess. I guess so. Um, um any final thoughts on this? Uh do you recommend it? Yes. How much do you like it? You I score. I recommend it a ton. If you like Gundam at all, you'll love Thunderbolt. If you don't care about Gundam but like anime, you'll love Thunderbolt. If you don't care about anime, don't care about Gundam. You might not like it that much because it's really just eye candy and like big time action, cool stuff. 
But uh, it's got a pretty cool soundtrack. I It pisses me off. There's a couple fights where they use Daryl-style music, and I think it detracts from the action. That's just my personal opinion. But all the fights that use the free jazz own. I love them. That's great. <laughs> that just means you're a psychopath, because anybody that likes free jazz is. That's true. <laughs> it sounds uh, like you recommend it, of course. Oh, yeah. No, I, I really like it. Uh, uh, Thunderbolt. Uh, it's like I said, it's very stylish, and uh, I maintain it's kind of like a just an old action movie yeah. where you don't got a lot of plot points. There's not a lot of characterization, but there's just enough there to where you're like, I like that guy, and I want him to succeed. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it is. It's a morality yeah. play. You pick uh, your heel, you pick your baby face. Uh, Dubs is watching this. Is this where he should start with Gundam, or should he watch something else? Is this anyone who wants to get started with Gundam? Can they watch Thunderbolt? I think this is a good starting off point. You have to, like, tell them real quick, though, like, about the backdrop of it, at least, though, if they're going to start with this, which shouldn't take long. It's like, you just tell them, these guys, they dropped colony and it caused the war. Yeah. They're fighting. There's there's a big war. Uh, The Space Noise want independence, and Earth says, nuh-uh. I mean... What is a good starting point, though, honestly? Because it's like everything is like a, a mini series, or it's part of something, or you know, it's kind of hard to tell somebody where to start in Gundam. Uh, Origin, or HMS Team. Origin could work. Or like get more out of Origin though if you watch Mobile Suit Gundam. That's first. true. There's there's a lot of shit that happens in Origin that that tastes sweeter if you understand. The consequence. If you understand the eye wink they're giving you, yeah. but I still think if you watched Origin first, I think that would work out. And I still kind of think, despite the fact that it takes place after everything else, I think Unicorn, the first movie, I think that can be a starting point. I think you can watch the four Unicorn movies and then go back. Gundam Wing. <laughs> or yeah, just watch Gundam Wing or fucking G Gundam or something that doesn't rely on all this other well, bullshit. G Gundam is like the highest T uh, version of Gundam. Right? That's it's, true. <laughs> it's just it's just guys in spandex fighting each other and giant robots. Okay, here's the elevator pitch for G Gundam. It's the future and there's no government except that someone, one country gets to control everything and the way they decide which country that is is they all choose a Gundam and all those Gundams go down to Earth and they fight until there's one left and they win. And that, yep. Yeah that determines who governs the world for like 10 years i think so it might be five or three or something i just remember the the previous champion is still kind of young so it seems like i don't know whatever who cares (laughs) but uh yeah this is thunderbolt's great Uh, december sky is great um in my opinion Mm -hmm. oh uh problem uh it's not streamable anywhere. So I guess if you if you were like, I'm curious, I'll give it a shot. I guess fuck yourself. <laughs> Go buy it on Amazon for twenty six ninety nine. Yeah, guess. buy it on Right Stuff or Amazon or eBay because those are the only places I could find it. You can't even buy it digitally on Amazon. You can't rent it anywhere. It's not streaming anywhere. It's not. It's not even on Crunchyroll. It's not on fucking Funimation. I think that's another reason why they cost so much is because none of that stuff is on streaming. Now, not that doesn't mean the Gundam stuff is ever not on streaming because a lot of it was on Hulu. A bunch of it's on Netflix right now because yeah, they got the exclusive rights to have uh, Hathaway's Flash, so they put the original the they cut 
0079 into three movies. Honestly, if you were desperate, I think that could be a starting place too because the movies are competently put together. They cut out all the fluff, all the nonsense, and it really is just the important story beats and they reanimated some stuff to make it look cooler. Nonsense. One of the best nonsense episodes is the, is the one where the all the Xeon guys don't have a, a mobile suit and they fight the, the white base team and it's, it's awesome. I don't know if that's in the movie or not. It might be. I, I doubt it is. I kind of doubt it too. I, I think it just has like uh, uh, like the Black Tri-Stars turn up and you know Char fights him in space, obviously. and Char uh, fights him in the water and Char fights him in a cave. Yeah. Char, Char has an aquatic Saku. This is no Gundam boy. I'm sure he's in it. Oh, you mean... Or this is no Zaku boy, sorry. This is no Zaku. No Zaku. Rambaral and, you know, whatever. So that, that's, those are on Netflix. So if you're Gundam curious, maybe watch the first one. I watched a bunch of it the other morning just to kind of get warmed up. And it's cut together really well, I think. All the Gundam series, if you don't feel like watching 64 episodes of whiny anime bullshit, are basically cut into movies. You can watch three movies and understand all of the original series. You can watch three movies and understand all of Zeta. And you can watch three movies and understand all of Turn A Gundam. They, they for some reason, they kept doing that in Japan. They kept making three movies and releasing them to theaters so they could make a bunch of money. And I guess it worked, because they kept doing it. Indeed. All right, that's enough of this... Gun damn horse shit. Do you have any news? I have news. I know you do. What is it? This is wrestle news. Boo. No, you'll find this interesting. All right. Um, last week, uh, a story broke that um, Vince McMahon was under investigation by the, the board of directors because this story got out that uh, he allegedly paid some woman $3 million on her way out of the company and forced her to sign a non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> how do they know this then? That's the thing is I don't understand how they came to learn this information. And uh, so some woman, like, was it a, was it a wrestler or was it like a, no, an office person? Apparently it was a paralegal. Oh. And oh. allegedly, uh, yeah, there was a, a relationship there, and then she got passed around to another WWE official, uh, John Laurinaitis, and yeah, they th- what happened happened, and um, yeah, somehow they, they caught wind of that, and it's gotten out into the world. It made news. It hit the mainstream media. That's how big it was, I guess. And who's investigating him? The board of directors. Oh, at WWE? Yeah. Why does yeah, everyone get to investigate themselves now? The government? Fucking Blizzard Activision? Now WWE? I guess. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's the board of directors. I mean, I don't know what other outside source would want to do that. Who? What, what outside body would want to investigate them over that? I don't know. It's just, just weird because I feel like it's come up a lot recently. <laughs> Well, the way I see it is the board would want to do that because it's this. This is our CEO. Mm-hmm. He's fucking doing stupid shit and wasting money, and that pisses shareholders off. What is yeah. um? What does the board of Worldwide Wrestling Entertainment consist of? Uh, what does it consist of? Yeah, like how many members is it, and who are they? Like, it's not just like. Stephanie and Shane, right? Like it's, it's like a oh. real board of people, right? No, no, it, it's a real board of directors. They're, Vince is the only family 
in it. Okay. He's the CEO. Uh, and I don't know how many are on the board. I don't. I really don't know any of their names. Either. I just wonder if they're like you know, that. That's what I wanted you to say. I don't know. They're just a bunch of mysterious business people. They're not like. Yeah. You know. Pretty much. Okay. It's just business people. Um. And like Vince had to step down from his CEO role while this is going on, and Stephanie had to step in and take it over after she. Then I did see. Just a couple weeks after she went on a leave of absence, uh, just to, like, nobody knows why, what her reasoning was for it, but everybody pretty much thought it's because she was stressed out because she had to take over some other duties while Triple H was, like, recovering from a heart, a cardiac event, as they said. Oof. Uh, basically, he almost died. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, yeah, he, it was close. Uh, and there's like a bunch of stuff going on. There's a lot of speculation about this. Uh, everybody thinks John Laurinaitis is going to get canned. Is that uh, good? We don't like him, right? I don't like him. Okay. A lot of other people don't like him. Uh, right. He, he got put in the talent relations role again, which was what triple H had originally. And he got put out of it because of his health stuff. Hmm. Uh, he's not known for being good at that job. <laughs> Uh, because he, he would like find and sign people that sucked or were just big meatheads or like girls that were bikini models and try to look, teach them how to be a wrestler, which you can imagine does not yield good results. <laughs> uh, and then the thing I want though, the thing I want out of this is I want Kevin Dunn to fucking get fired and, and get out of this damn company. Who's that? And what's he got to do with it? Kevin Dunn is probably the single most important guy in WWE that that determines the product of it being what it is today mm-hmm. besides Vince McMahon. And it's it's funny cuz people don't know enough about him or don't even know who he is. He's the director of television, but he has like a lot more power and influence than, than just that. Like basically it's like him and Vince or or like this and Kevin don't tell him like I don't like I don't like that Becky Lynch because she has a funny accent and I hate accents. And she's like, now she's one of the most popular people in their company. <laughs> um, but that was, that was a thing with her before, like about five years ago or so. Hmm. <laughs> um, uh, he also didn't like Jr. because he was Southern. Um, <laughs> uh, but like whenever you watch WWE TV and you see how it's filmed weird and like nobody looks at a camera, they, they look away from the camera mm-hmm. or something or like uh, they there's weird nausea inducing camera cuts and you can't tell what the fuck's happening. That's Kevin Dunn. Hmm. <laughs> so uh, uh, allegedly there was like this insider stock trading stuff that was going on like 10, 15 years ago or whatever. Oh yeah, I saw you guys discussing this. He was accused of insider trading, right? Yep, uh, and he's done it multiple times, apparently. So well, now that's stuff, that's something that will get investigated by someone outside of the company. <laughs> and to top it off, Stephanie McMahon does not like Kevin Dunn, <laughs> and she's CEO now. Uh oh. And Triple H never liked him either. Just just putting that out there. How do you know this? Uh, because of, I'm in the know, brother. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I texted well, Triple H. He told me. <laughs> I have a friend named Hurst Helmsley. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just just from me paying attention to like news over like the last 
20 years, basically. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anybody that's, like, been plugged into, like, the wrestling news knows about that story. All right. It just seems it. like, you know, how would you know for sure? But, I mean, if it's, if it's accumulated over all this time, I guess I get it. Well, he's never been a really endearing personality in the company. Anybody that's ever told any stories about him is, like, he, he hates wrestling. He basically just has a job for life there because his dad saved, I don't know, burning tapes from the trunk of a car in the 80s or whatever. What? And Yeah. <laughs> and, like, he got, like, you know, burns from, from that. Hmm. You know, like, it fucked him up. And then that's just like, you and your, your fucking son will have a job for life here, pal. <laughs> um, now maybe he won't. No, I hope not. <laughs> but uh, maybe, yeah. maybe they'll just make him like a grip or something. It's like... <laughs> Please, <laughs> I want there to be a shakeup in how like the television product is made and how it looks and everything. It needs it so badly. Mm-hmm. It it still looks uh, this this coming from me. I'm, I'm a dumb dumb. I don't know anything. It just looks antiquated now. Like I feel like wrestling looks the same way it does now as it did in like 2003. You're not wrong. Yeah. You're, you're totally not wrong. Yeah. But uh, that, that's the story, though, and we'll probably get into that when we do get in some color next time. I don't know when that's going to be. Well, whenever Chaz and Dubs come back, because you can't do it solo. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh, stay tuned for that, anyone listening who actually likes wrestling. If you're weird and like wrestling, I guess you can listen to that show, too. Get in some color. It has its own feed now, so you're gonna have to search for it. But it's it's all the same places you're listening to us right now, so no worries. Um, what other news? Uh, just as a quick aside, yeah, Activision Blizzard investigated itself and it found out that there was no harassment of women going on. So, every everyone got together and bought them a trophy and they sent it over there and said, "Good job, you did a good job. You didn't harass women." <laughs> You fucking liars! You lied! <laughs> Everybody knows it's bullshit. <laughs> what the fuck? Alright, how, how about some real news? Square Enix announced, like, ten Final Fantasy VII things. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I was so confused, because, like, the first thing I saw was, like, Final Fantasy VII re- Rebirth, and it that's, of course, the next actual part of Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's Remake Part Two is now Rebirth. Yeah. And then, like, my brother's like, dude, what's this thing with, like, the Final Fantasy VII? It's, it's chibis and stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? And there's a phone game. It's the, the, the compilation of, like, the Final Fantasy VII phone games from the late aughts. Which is cool. Because we've, yeah, we've, we've never had access to that here. No, you get to play as, like, the Turks and shit. And yeah, that's what I'm about. That. Yeah, that, that's cool. There's also the ongoing phone project, Final Fantasy VII First Soldier which is a modern phone game that is getting a bunch of updates that I don't give a damn about. But you might. From what I understand, it's actually pretty good. Like, I've heard podcast hosts and stuff saying, oh, this game's actually kind of fun, but I don't know. It's, it's, if I'm playing something on my phone, it's just solitaire. I'm an, I'm an old guy. I'm a loser. Yeah, I don't really like playing games on my phone. There's certain kinds of games I can play, but I don't want to like playing action games and shit on there. Yeah. They, uh, but they also announced a remaster not to remake of final fantasy 7 crisis core called reunion so they got their nice little branding yeah i'm excited about that i know you guys aren't like i was kind of disappointed at how it turned in a group chat that we are part of how it turned so negative so fast like i understand the game is a little weird but 
I mean, they already have remake and remake two. Like you know, that that's already a thing. Intergrade, for that matter. Well, back in the day when uh, Crisis Core was new, mm-hmm. I did really want to play it. Yeah. Until I found out how it played. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I don't want to play that. Now, somebody who probably try to defend it will say, well, there's always like a chance to miss or whatever anyway in a turn-based game. Like, why, why is this any different? Because it's a fucking slot machine. <laughs> Look, they tried something different. That's... They could have just made another action game, and I'm sure that's what a lot of people would have really liked. But yeah, that's me. <laughs> I don't know. I own it, and I started it one time, and yeah, kind of the same thing. I was like, "Oh, this is the combat." I'll I'll get back to this later, and that was you know 12 years ago or something. So, oh, so you got the game and you got disappointed in it, and now you're like, "Oh, oh." <laughs> well, I, I'm not like super team Final Fantasy Crisis Core. I'm not. I'm not. You know waving its flag or anything. But yeah, I'm going to play I'm going to play this this redo of it. Um okay. everything I read says that they are maintaining the story in combat, but then every once in a while you'll see something that's like Square decided not to comment on the changes of combat or something. So they might be changing something. It's still there. They didn't get rid of it. It still has the same combat system, but they're doing something potentially. I don't know. I don't know why you'd want to replicate that though on a console because it's like I always thought the motivation behind that was because it was a handheld game that they came up with that uh, combat. So you know what I'm saying? Like they tried to come up with some weird way to make combat faster. Yeah, I get. I mean, that's I, on the PSP. I feel like that's not a, as much of an excuse. Like there was like Monster Hunter games and stuff, and they played fine. So yeah, pull your head out of like, your ass. The PSP was a pretty legitimate, you know, handheld console, whatever you want to call it. But I don't know. We'll wait and see. They also announced um, Remake Intergrade is coming to Steam. They also announced, I don't know, some other shit. I don't even remember if they talked about Final Fantasy 16 at all, did they? I honestly don't know. Who gives a fuck about that anymore? <laughs> I don't want new stuff. I want old stuff, but new. Yeah, uh, they said they showed Kingdom Hearts 4, didn't they? I thought they showed something for Kingdom Hearts 4. Maybe. <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't watch that. the actual event. I just caught up later. And it was confusing, too, because the trailers for Remake 2 and Reunion dropped right around each other, and I got them confused for, like, four days. I didn't even realize which what had been announced. But I know it now, and I am excited, because Final Fantasy Remake is one of my favorite games in the last several years. I love the ending of that game, and I know a lot of people yeah. think it sucks, and they're like, oh, they're not just going to remake the game? Why, that game's a masterpiece. Shut your mouth! Just go play the old one, you idiot! It exists already! Yeah, to me, that's like the perfect uh, the perfect play, which is like, because it... If they did remake it, they'd criticize. Oh, this, they did the scene different. It pisses mm, me this off. This is different. Yeah, they so, did this wrong. Uh, it's they, perfect. It's absolutely perfect. They they yeah. slayed fate, and this the trailer now is just like, oh, anything could happen. Oh, it's out the window, and and they all got like a glimpse at the future. Like I think it was implied that Cloud kind of saw Aerith dying, and now he's like kind of on edge about it or something. And then he realizes he can just use a phoenix down on her. <laughs> he knows In this that. timeline. It's like, oh, wait! 
Oh, throws a feather at her. But who knows what's going to happen now? Like, I don't know. You just fought Sephiroth. What, what's that going to amount to? That wasn't the real Sephiroth. That was a fake ass Sephiroth. That was, was Sephiroth of his brain. Brain, brain Sephiroth. <laughs> I mean, they do that in Final Fantasy VII a lot, too. It's like, oh, I'm fighting Sephiroth. Oh, I'm fighting Genova. They do that a yeah, few times, too. It's a weird mutant. But yeah, I'm looking forward to both things. Mostly the next Final Fantasy VII remake. I can't remember the name of it. You just said it. What was it? Rebirth. Rebirth. Mostly Rebirth I'm looking forward to, but fuck, I'm going to play Reunion. I'm looking forward to Resident Evil 4 remake, personally. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> so many remakes. <laughs> so many. So many old things that are new again. Oh, here's something I really want to talk about on the show. I'm glad you said that. Uh, why are they remaking Last of Us? I don't know. Yeah, we had a discussion about that, and I think it's fucking dumb, and it's a cash grab. I was really glad that you guys were on my side, because I thought I was losing my mind. I thought I was crazy. Because I keep seeing, they're like, look how good it looks! I'm like, it looks barely better than the PS4 remake. Or remaster, I mean to say. You That game, just go play it! Just go play the remaster! For fuck's I wish both... Hollywood, both movies and games, I wish they would do this thing where they would remake stuff that needs it. I wish they would take, like, Final Fantasy VIII and fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like, Final Fantasy VIII had a lot of stuff that I fucking love about it, but it had a lot of stuff about it that is just indefensibly stupid. So, Mm -hmm. you know, fix that. You have have, uh, at least two-fifths of a masterpiece of a game there. I would argue about three-fifths. Get the get the other two-fifths. Fix that. Release that. Yeah. Why, why are you remaking this other stuff? That's stupid. To go back to Resident Evil, you could say the same thing about Zero or Code Veronica, but instead they went to four. Code Veronica just... seems like the obvious choice, but four seems like the money-making choice. It is. It's kind of like the, the Metal Gear discussion, too, where there's people who are still thinking... Oh, they're, they're going to remake Metal Gear Solid. It's like, they shouldn't do that. They shouldn't. They shouldn't do that. Just they're go gonna. play Metal Gear Solid. The money. Yeah, I know. I know. There's all these people. That's all they say. I want remakes of all my favorite games. Remake Crash Bandicoot. Remake Spyro. Remake Mario 64. Remake all this other stuff. And then they do, and they sell pretty well, but uh, this is all time and effort and money that could have gone to something far better. And either Either something brand new... Or, like I was saying, remaster something that, you know, needs the work. Um, I guess back to The Last of Us, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, like, one of the people that thought when they did Last of Us Remastered, I was just like, why? This just came out on PS3 a couple years ago. It came out on the <laughs> PS3, like, the last year of that console. Like, right, yeah. right at the end. That's why it's so goddamn good, is the last year of a console, that's when you see the best games on it, for the most part. You know, there's obvious exceptions to that. But then they did the remaster for the PS4, which is how I how I played it. So I'm glad they did that. Whatever. Really, all they did was clean up the graphics some, and it looks great. And this re they they build it as a remake. It just kind of looks like the same thing. Like I don't see where they've changed. They didn't like add weapons. They didn't uh, add characters or segments as far as I know we don't we haven't seen anything it really just seems like a shot for shot remake Doves is saying something about how they said the gameplay was going to be different and I'm like how was it any different in Last of Us 2 like what the fuck it's just 
My understanding was they're just remaking it with The Last of Us 2 stuff. That was one of the actual criticisms against that game, was that it still played the same as the first one. Well, then I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. so, and that's not always the key to success. Again, you mentioned Metal Gear. They remade Metal Gear Solid with the Metal Gear Solid 2 engine for the GameCube, and it did pretty well, but I feel like people don't talk about it near as much as they talk about Metal Gear Solid. No, they talk about every other Metal Gear game more than Twin Snakes. Twin Snakes, yeah. Twin Snakes so. is cool, but uh, like Metal Gear Solid, everything was designed to work with everything else. It all clicked together into yeah. that perfect unit. But when you when you take away all the little pieces of these systems just for the sake of oh look I can hang from a ledge, I, you lose you lose something. Yep, and we're getting into territory where we're kind of tipping our hand a little bit, but. I I say Twin Snakes was a botched remake. Could it could have turned out a lot better than what it did. We'll try to ha- we'll try to hang on to that cuz that that's coming in a podcast to surpass Metal Gear if Dubs ever pulls his head out of his ass and starts playing Metal Gear. And Chaz. And maybe Chaz. I don't know. I don't know if he's down for Metal Gear. Didn't I he didn't sound as enthusiastic. He's scared. He's scared. That's true. <laughs> no <Metal> Gear. <sighs> All right, I don't think I have any other news. Did you have anything else? No, there's 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 no other news right now. The era of E3 came and went, and I don't know, a bunch of people announced some stuff, and some of it looks cool, and most of it looks like I don't care. So that's pretty cool. But uh, as always, you can listen to Big Trouble in Little Podcast anywhere you get podcasts. We're on Amazon and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and. Netscape Navigator. Probably. You can listen to us on your Opera browser or whatever you want to do. No, we're everywhere. I mean, if you're listening to my voice, you obviously know how to find us already. But uh, trust me, we're everywhere. Also, uh, give getting some color a shot. Uh, that's Zach, Dubs, and Chaz. They talk wrestling. Uh, the Nemesis Project. Are you guys... You guys finished up Revelations 2? Is that episode recorded? Or is that when he comes back from break? We're going to do that when he comes back, and we're going to determine what day that's going to be where we record. So, coming soon, a new episode of The Nemesis Project. Yeah. And uh, sometime after that, we're going to start uh, Podcasters Past Metal Gear, and we're going to talk about Metal Gear for the MSX. So I can't wait for that. But anyway, thanks for listening to this 201st episode of Big Trouble in Little Podcast. A little bit of less whelming than it usually is we just talked gun to between the two of us but come back next week uh chaz and dubs should both be back right i know dubs will be is chaz coming back next week i think but next week we're going to start the monolithic task of rewatching all of lord of the rings so watch fellowship join us next week thanks for listening see ya wouldn't want to be ya